Well, good morning. I'm Rick Dancer, and I guess it's afternoon now because it's afternoon. Um, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Well, as most of you know, a um, couple little highlights here because I want to explain. Yesterday morning, I heard Bill London on KPNW talking about the governor's plan that she had sent out to all the county commissioners that said we were still in this uh this high risk, the extreme risk category. That's the information all the counties got. Um, and then I was looking all day to find more information about that. Couldn't find anything. And then at five o'clock that yesterday evening, uh, she does a flip-flop and we're all moving down into high. But what many people don't know, and we don't know why, because we're not inside of her head, but one thing that happened that you should know about also is there was a House bill uh, before the legislature, the House, and uh, it was to have more oversight on the part of the legislature over the governor's executive order, which is what's making her so she can do all of this. So they were trying to get some power back. Um, it did not pass, it failed by one vote, but that means nine Democrats sided with the Republicans and agreed with that legislation. And so obviously the governor knows there's a lot of pressure on it. I think a lot of you uh, were calling and writing and telling your opinions and what you were thinking. The county commissioners were, the restaurants associations were. And so uh, the good news to me, I always like to encourage people to use their voice. This is working. We need to continue to use your voice. In fact, what I would do and suggest if I were you is maybe you need to find out who those senators were or those uh, House uh, members were who voted against more oversight and give their office a phone call and let them know what you think of their vote. Um, that's totally appropriate as an Oregon voter. You don't have to be in their district to do that. So it's an easy information to find out. Um, so we leave you with that. So the, the topic of today, uh, hi, Rick, I just discovered you and thankful for the information. Oh, Marty, you're welcome. So we got a wealth of information. Well, we got Alan Thayer. <laughs> I love this guy. So Alan's an attorney in town. He understands this stuff. OSHA sends out their new orders yesterday. I think it's very confusing. My wife and I were reading this and going, what the hell? Because um, there's so much language. And so I instantly called up Alan and said, Alan, would you come on and explain to our viewers um, what this means in layman terms so we can all understand better where OSHA is going? Because if you don't understand the process, it's really hard to fight it. So Alan Thayer, um, kind of take it from there. Well, thanks, Rick. It's uh, thanks for inviting me back. It's always good to spend time with you. Uh, yeah, this is this is kind of amazing. I'd actually like to step back a moment. As as you know, a number of Republican legislators uh, requested a hearing on the proposed rules. They requ requested this last week, and under the statute, a uh, hearing is supposed to be held um, on proposed adoption, amendment, or repeal. And what it, so a hearing is scheduled for today at three o'clock. And if you want, I can uh, post a link afterwards on how yeah. people can sit in and watch this hearing. But um, so the hearing was scheduled for today. And what did OSHA do? They adopted their rules yesterday. So now it's no longer a proposed um, rule. It's an adopted rule. So whoa, 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 whoa. So the hearing that we're supposed to be able to, people are supposed to be able to comment at that hearing, right? The legislators before yes. it's adopted. It's, this is the horse before the, the cart before the horse. So they've already, they went in and, and got their, their proposals already made it the law or the rule 
before they even have the hearing that was just, how do they get away with that crap? Yep. Well, I think that's what a supermajority gives gets you. God, that is horrible. Okay, so now they've adopted. So with, with this hearing, then, is it fair to say this hearing is just bullshit? And I mean, it's not going to change anything. Well, the the word I heard is that OSHA isn't even going to attend the hearing. Instead, they're going to send a deputy attorney general to uh, tell the legislature why OSHA has the authority to do what OSHA did. Who? Somebody just asked who voted for OSHA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're, who who's their boss? Is that uh, Governor Brown? No. Uh, well, oh yeah, Governor Brown is the OSHA director's boss. Uh, he's uh, he has a certain reputation. I don't know him personally. I've never met him, but uh, I have heard a lot about him, and uh, I don't think he takes uh, uh, when people question him. The word is he does not take that well. Somebody says OSHA needs to be elected position. There needs to be consequences. Yeah, but even Kevin, even in the elected positions in our state, there are no consequences right now because there's a supermajority and one party rule. You know that's, right. that's the problem. And, and I talked. I don't know if you saw the interview we did with Senator Betsy Johnson, a Democrat, uh, the other day. She was. She she doesn't believe in this supermajority stuff. I mean, this, this is like this is the, the worst thing that can happen, which is why people really need to be paying attention to redistricting when it comes up. Um, that, that that is going to be the best chance to get it fair again, because people, you know, former secretaries of state went in and gerrymandered this thing. So it puts an, it, so the Democrats have a better shot at it. Um, and, and that's not to hit the Democrats. That's just to say, because Republicans would probably do the same thing. <laughs> well, and uh, I've known Betsy for a long time. She is a peach. Love Betsy. I, I actually, want to run for governor. Yeah, the Democrat. She wouldn't make it out of the Democratic primary, and she no. knows. She's too, uh, she's too moderate. Um, I actually graduated from Seaside High School, Northern Oregon coast. So... Uh, uh, Betsy is the senator for many of my uh, uh, high school classmates who still live in the seaside area. And I can tell you, they love her. Oh, people on my show, on this show, uh, staunch Republicans, Democrats, independents were coming on going, man, I will totally vote for that woman. You know, but the problem is in Oregon, she's not partisan enough. Um, she, she's 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 uh, she's blue. But she's got too much. She's actually a little more purple. Um, she doesn't have she's not a pure blue. Yeah. A uh, Phil Kiesling, a former secretary of state, had a petition a number of years ago to kind of do away with partisan elections for most for most positions, uh, thinking that it would lead to more moderate uh, uh, candidates or at least more moderate uh, people being elected. And I think under a Kiesling proposal and, and I was all for that. But I think under a Kiesling proposal, she would have a she would have a chance. Yeah. Well, he's like when I ran for secretary of state, they asked me, who's your least favorite secretary of state and who's your favorite? And of course, Kate, uh, when she answered the question, oh, they're all wonderful, you know, and they, I said, OK, the truth is um, I'm friends with Bill Bradbury. and He's the worst secretary of state we've ever had because he did more gerrymandering than anyone. The best was Phil Kiesling because he was the last secretary of state who did it fairly. He redistricted the state 
fairly. And that cost him running for governor because then when he ran for governor, the Oregon Education Association, they blackballed him and he was no longer, he was too moderate and had done, he'd done the wrong thing. So um, anyway. Well, talking but, about that real briefly, um, as uh, Senator Johnson started to tell you that there are standards by which redistricting is supposed to be done. And it's absolutely right. true. There's a list of factors. And the districts that have been created in last 20, 30 years violate many of those standards. Right. And um, the reason why they're allowed to get away with that is the Oregon Supreme Court, because they've refused to allow challenges to um, uh, redistricting plans that fail to meet the standards. It's absolutely terrible. Well, and our current Secretary of State has already tried to go around the process and kind of got her hand slapped and put back in place. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, and she doesn't get it unless the committee that sets it up can't get it. But if all this, if it all becomes real partisan and everything, it could end up back in her hands and then nothing is going to probably change. Rick, it's all your fault. If you had won your race for secretary of state, we wouldn't be having many of these problems. But you know what? Then I can't be out here causing all kinds of hell. <laughs> yeah, there's an old saying, uh, uh, a person, uh, a man rowing a boat doesn't have time to rock it. So you're a very good boat rocker. I'm, I would rather rock than row. <laughs> so let's talk about this OSHA. So what does this, this is better than what they were, this is better than, so what we had were temporary rules. They had to get this in and changed by yesterday because otherwise it wasn't going to happen. Um, they, it, so, so kind of explain to people how that works. So when they came, when they first came out with their permanent rules, it um, it was a diff. There were a lot of different requirements than under the temporary rules, which everyone had been operating, and and that created a lot of concerns. So many of those provisions eventually got stripped out of the permanent rules. Uh, I think every business person owes a debt of gratitude to a lobbyist. Uh, by the name of Paloma Sparks, who's with Oregon Business and Industry. Uh, Paloma and the coalition she assembled worked very, very, very hard on these rules and were opposed by labor and public employee unions. But um, these permanent rules are nowhere near as bad as they uh, could have been and uh, nowhere near as bad as they were in the initial draft but there's still a lot not to like about them. So what's not to like about them? The main things that you came up with, because Alan went back and studied these last night for us. And uh, since he's an attorney, I trust him more than myself. And uh, I've learned my, my, my strong suit is not legalese. So what is yeah. this? What and do I, we I, I studied these uh, in a prior uh, version Um a couple months ago as well. So as I went through it, there was shades of uh, familiarity. Um, but I think there's some surprises. So for one is um, the CDC could tell you, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Or uh, the governor could withdraw the emergency order. Or um, people are being told that, hey, a reason to get vaccinated is so you don't have to wear a mask at work anymore. Uh, none of that happens under these OSHA rules. You have to continue to wear masks, um, face coverings or shields um, until OSHA says you can stop. It doesn't make any difference what the governor says. 
And so one of the other things I heard a real criticism is there's no, there's no sunset. Um, this is, you know, and it, it quietly just leave that alone, but there's no, they, they say these, you know, when, when it's safe, then we can, we can sunset this whole thing, but there's no date. There's no, here's the plan. And usually what I've found with government agencies is if there's no sunset date, there's usually no sunset. Well, absolutely. Business was arguing hard that these rules ought to terminate automatically when the governor's order is over. But uh, Michael Woods, the uh, director of OSHA, um, he seems to be of the opinion that uh, even if the governor says it's okay, it's still not okay. And uh, he, he and his staff will tell us when it's okay. So is that a way for the governor to be able to say, okay, we can go back, but OSHA doesn't want us to, you know what I mean? Possibly. Possibly. So what else did you find? Now schools, I understand it's a little bit better for, for, for school kids or what has to happen at the schools. Hey, I'm a business lawyer. I don't, I don't look at what happens at schools. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What else did you find in this? That was, that was glaring. Um, Ventilation requirements are going to be expensive for uh, for a lot of businesses. Um, and anyone, I own a building for my business. We're very fortunate to be caretakers of this historic building. But uh, it's a huge bill every three months to have uh, someone come in and uh, check our filters and, and monitor and maintain the system. And... Uh, now they're going to have to do uh there are additional requirements for building owners and on uh on ventilation and there's some certifications that are going to be required for this and it's not good enough that they're complying with industry standards they have to meet the osha standards so that's uh that's not a good thing um let me uh i have some notes here okay but, go uh, uh, after my hair turned gray, I started needing these things. Uh, there was a real fight over having more than one employee in a vehicle. So for, for a lot of businesses, um, it's not practical if you're sending four employees to a site to do something to send them in four separate vehicles. And in fact, um, uh, businesses have not been able to require employees to have vehicles because it is perceived that some ethnic races, they um, fewer people have driver's license or fewer people own vehicles. Um, now they said, well, you can have multiple people in the vehicle, but, but uh, if, if one of them takes a mask off, then you, the employer, is in trouble. And that's a little difficult because usually there's not a supervisor in the vehicle with them to, uh, to prevent that. And it's not that the business owner has requirements and enforces their rules. It's a strict liability. Someone takes the mask off, you employer, you're in trouble. See, when I was a reporter, we always drove the, the photographer and the reporter drove together to the story. So would yeah. that mean like a KEZI and KVAL, I guess they'd have to have two different cars. Um, that's not exactly sustainable Oregon, is it? I mean, if you're, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's so fickle. Well, it increases the carbon footprint footprint and some of the ventilation stuff also will greatly increase uh, energy usage um, and so uh, the 
the employers are going to get in trouble on the environmental side for following the OSHA requirements on the employee regulation side. So what about the vaccine? So it's not going to require that people get the vaccine. Right. And in the, um, the proposed permanent rules, there were a lot of uh, vaccine requirements and references and all those were removed. And, and that's a good thing. So what happens with OSU? Cause they just announced today that they're going to require students and staff, um, to, to have the vaccine in order to be on campus and uh, not just on offline classes? Well, nothing in the OSHA rules prohibit an employer from requiring that vaccine, uh, whether it's Oregon State or, uh, um, well, King Estate Winery. Um, it's just that OSHA is not mandating that employers do that. Now, should an employer do that? Well, I've spoken about that a little bit and uh, I, I researched that. Uh, generally, I've always been fine with vaccines, but it's when vaccines were made a different way and it's when vaccines were approved by the FDA. The more I looked into this, the more concerned I became, uh, particularly for employers requiring uh, not an FDA approved vaccine, but one under an emergency use authorization, where the emergency use authorization, I'm sure you've talked about it, specifically requires no one can be forced to take the vaccine. Right. So how is that going to play out in court? Like, let's say, and, and we won't get specific, but if, if I worked, I, I work for myself. So I, you know, if, if my boss is an ass, that's just me. Um, but if you have a boss that says you can't come to work here unless you have that, that's going to end up in court somewhere because somebody's, you know, it's going to happen. What, what's legally, what can you, what can you do as an employee? Cause they could say they're, they're not letting, hiring you for some other reason. Um, yeah, ab I mean, absolutely. Uh, this is going to take hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees as it goes through the court system. And we'll know three years from now what what the rule is. Um, I did see on the, the comments that someone said uh, Oregon State University is not a private institution. They can't do this. Um, and it is true that the restrictions on public universities are different than on private universities in a lot of contexts, uh, most notably the free speech cases and freedom of assembly cases. Um, can't, uh, you know, the, th the underlying question is, is can the state government mandate um, vaccinations under an em emergency use authorization? And um, I suspect the answer to that is no. And I think that's what your, uh, uh, the person who commented was, uh, was getting to. So what happens if your business is located in a warehouse setting and you rent from, the person you rent from does not have a ventilation system? Um, the ventilation requirements are on the building owner so I, I think that's where it is, not necessarily on the tenant, um, but it is something that they would want to be aware of and, and concerned about. Um, another requirement is maximum ventilation. So you're supposed to be leaving windows and doors and stuff open. So that might apply to a warehouse tenant.
Stephanie, what I heard in terms of what about those who have religious or allergies and don't take the vaccine, what I heard in the news clip that I heard on the radio was that, uh, you know, that was going to, you know, they would exclude those, but I guess you would have to prove um, that whatever that was uh, to them in order to do that. I think that's the next scary thing. And, and so in terms of OSHA, Alan, what else do we need to know on this? Well, uh to answer that question, yeah, there, there is a duty on employers to accommodate both um, health issues and uh, um, re, uh, religious uh, accommodations, although the religious accommodations are limited. Uh, well, one of the things that, that I would tell people is um, there's a specific exception under the rules that say uh, you don't have to wear a mask when you're eating or drinking. And so I've always drank a lot of water, but whenever I go into a meeting, I'm always taking water with me. <laughs> so, so a little help, a little help there. Uh, I guess my advice is drink heavily. So <laughs> water, drink water heavily. <laughs> so, there are a number of requirements that were under the temporary rules and also the permanent rules on businesses in terms of identifying exposure risk. And if you have more than 10 employees putting your exposure risk in writing and then developing a, uh, uh, a vaccination or not a vaccination plan, uh, there's once you have a risk, you're supposed to develop a exposure control plan, which is based upon those risks. And those have been required for uh, quite some time now. Uh, but I suspect there are employers that still haven't done that. And so those requirements are still in there. And I would recommend to people that they, if they haven't done this, go ahead and do it now. You ought to do it. OSHA has templates. It's a pain in the ass, but um, it's one of those deals where you wouldn't want to, if there were a problem, you wouldn't want to get caught not having that. Barbara asked, and I don't know if you know that, did I read swimming pools were exempt from masks? Well, so there's an appendix to the rule for uh, for special sorts of uh, uh, industries and situations. So uh, let me uh, look for that. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure they're exempt. I'm sure she's right. I swim at my gym, but the pool's outside. And the only time I wear my mask is when I'm in the water swimming. <laughs> Good for you. Good for it's you. It's really hard to breathe. It's kind of like waterboarding. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I figure it's my way, you know. So so in the end, it, can anybody do anything? So this hearing today is basically nothing. Yeah, hopefully there'll be comments. I mean, I think people can leave comments, um, leave respectful comments. If if people are irate, it's it's easy to dismiss those comments. Um, a lot of folks are going to want to dismiss comments from your viewers under any circumstances, uh, but be, be thoughtful so it's more difficult for people to dismiss them. And right. I always tell people to be kind and firm. And there's yeah. a difference between, we can be you know snarly on here sometimes and have some fun with it. But when you're in that setting, if you start off with, you stupid, blah, 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 nobody's going to, I don't read emails like that. If people write on my page, I take those off. I don't, I'm not listening. So you gotta, you know, you gotta think about your audience too. And you want, what's the bottom line for you? You want them to listen to you. So are you gonna listen to somebody scream or are you gonna listen to somebody who has a good laid out thoughtful presentation? Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be long either. It's just, hey, 
I'm uh, I, I have real uh, concerns about this, and why should uh, we continue to have these restrictions when the pandemic is over, when the emergency is over? So the best case at this point is business owners get, you know, if you don't have an attorney or somebody that you work with to get to look this over, then you need to look it over and figure out what you need to do for your particular business. Um, and then uh, folks, there is a hearing that Alan will put in here that's later today, right? It is three o'clock today. And hey, you can hey, I, Rick, I would tell your viewers if you want, this just occurred to me, but if there's, a, there's enough people who, uh, um, who wanna do this, as a courtesy, I will do some sort of, I could do some sort of a little webinar on uh, on how to do these uh, exposure control plans that the state wants. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm happy to do that. So you guys, if you're interested in doing something like that, um, Alan's here on Facebook. You can contact him. You can connect with me and we can put that together where you could actually do this the presentation where you guys kind of know what to do and how to do it. So you stay within those those laws. If we all stop complying, what can OSHA possibly do? It's going to take a community to end this government overreach right now. Well, so what's going to happen is uh, the government's going to pick and choose who they penalized. And if you're the one who gets hit, it, the OSHA sanctions could be uh, significant. I had a, a client who this has been created tremendous problems for. They're, they're a, uh, a restaurant and um, they have one establishment with a liquor license, one with, without. So we kind of thought, well, my liquor license is important. Let's draw the line at this other place and advise not to do that because they're going to tie the two together. They just had too much at risk. And a well-known restaurant like that is the type that would get uh, would get targeted. <laughs> right. So, I think people too have to remember, I, I saw somebody on here the other day criticizing a restaurant saying, I'm not going to that restaurant because they're not opening and you should just have the guts to do it. Well, when you put yourself in their shoes and say, um, we're going to come in and take your house, all your furniture, everything in it, and you're going to have your savings depleted, um, it becomes a real personal decision. And you got to understand that, that there's people that, I mean, this is their livelihood. And I think that's what the very thing we're talking about, why the governor is doing all this is you're not understanding that this is these people's livelihood. And I think those on the other side criticizing them for staying open, um, you got to put yourself in their shoes because um, if somebody came in and said, Rick, you're going to lose your whole business. Well, then what the hell do I do? Um, well, and it's you know. exactly what the government is doing. People have these expectations of what businesses should do when they have absolutely no investment in that business. So we're upset when the government does it, and, and yet, yet people criticize the business doing the same thing the government's doing, but just 180 degrees different. Anything else I need to ask you, Alan? People, I'm looking for people's questions. It's going to a local Safeway is not safe restaurant or. Yeah, I've heard the thing too. People are frustrated, but you know, we we did we did reach some ground. We're down to high now, so things will open up to seating. What about the people who closed because of the mandates who couldn't remain closed with zero income? Yeah, that's a horrible thing. Well, and it's also concerning too because uh, uh, the state's position seems to be, and the governor's talked about this. Well, we're going to make businesses shut down, and then we, the state of Oregon, will give businesses money to make up for it. That's terrible. Well, and and it doesn't work because I had a lady on, uh, Sarah, from Richland, Oregon, over by Halfway, 
And she went on first thing the other day when that loan came out, I think it was Monday, first thing Monday morning, she got up, she had an employee come in because she's the only one who works at cafe. Employee comes in, she gets on there and she realizes that after filling the whole damn thing out, that she had done everything right to try not to go broke. And because of that, she doesn't qualify. Yeah. So if she would have not had bills paid, if she would have just let things slide, um, she would have been qualified for this loan. But instead, because she did everything right to try to keep her, her credit good and all that kind of stuff, she doesn't qualify. And she is madder than hell. So, Rick, I've seen a number of comments come through where people said, yeah, they, they'd like to help filling out this exposure control plan. Um, would you, you like to would you like to just set up uh, some sort of a uh, live stream and you can announce it to your people and then we uh, you and I could do it together? Yeah, you and I can figure out a time. Um, we'll have to do it during the day because my May is just totally I'm booked out. And I'm starting to book June. So we'd have to do it in an afternoon like this on a noon kind of setting. And, and, but I'd, I'd be more than happy to do that with you, Alan. And we'll just we'll just do it for free for everybody. Um, you're going to do free. I'll do free. Don't have a sponsor. And we'll just make it happen. Yeah. Um, and then we'll announce to all you guys when we're going to do that and come up with some stuff. Um, this <laughs> A lot of communist country. Um, you guys. And, and the thing is... Um, what I want to encourage you, though, is it's working. I mean, people are listening to you because you are scaring them. Um, our, and I our, think uh, Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich also uh, had an impact when he encouraged people on social media to call the governor's office and, and yep. gave out the phone number. Well, and let's give credit to the rest of the county commissioners around the state, too. Even, you know, both sides of the aisle uh, sent out a letter, you know, saying you need to, you need to change this. And even, <laughs> even Earl Blumenauer, our Congressman from Portland, um, I saw him thinking, saying something to the fact that this, this is just not working. So, um, there's a tide that's turning here and you just have to make sure you continue to gracefully and kindly and for forcefully push the, the message. So people understand that, that you're serious. Um, and, it, and, and name calling doesn't help. So you don't want to use name calling. <clears throat> you just want to go in and, you know, when you flush Brown down, that doesn't help. Um, you know, I mean, all the little things come on. I know you're frustrated, but it doesn't really help uh, get people listening to each other. And the bottom line is we need to be talking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Alan, thank you so much for taking your time. I know that was really short notice. I was panicking trying to get you on here. Um, and I appreciate you doing that for us. Oh, happy to do it. Thanks, Rick. And, and thank you also to Chris Dennell for sponsoring this. I'm uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. If you need a dentist, you guys, uh, this guy is Michael. I, I love him. He's, he's, a, he's, he's just a, a great guy. And like he gives every client his cell phone. Wow. I I know. Isn't that weird? I think it, and somebody says, well, yeah, if you're Rick Dancer. And I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, every client gets a cell phone because if you have a problem, he wants to make sure you're taken care of. You don't want to have a toothache and have to go to an emergency doctor or something like that. So he gives them all his cell phone. I tell him, I think he's crazy. I wouldn't get, well, I guess my cell phone's all over the internet so people can call me, but I also can ignore. <laughs> well, I give my cell phone out to clients also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see all my, Everybody I know is a good person. <laughs> Alan, I'll talk to you later, man. Thank you.
Thanks, Rick. See you, buddy. Okay, guys. So tonight um, we are going to be at Elements Gym. It's Elements Health Clubs, what they're called. They have three in Lane County. Uh, it's my gym. And they're also a client. They're sponsoring a show. We're going to be over there at 5 o'clock. And this is going to be fun. So it's a fun show. Um, there is, a, do you guys know there's a women's football league? There is. There's like, uh, these are grown adult women, uh, a lot of them police officers, and they have their own football league and they go all over the country and uh, play football. So we're going to talk with them about that. Um, they're going to be selling memberships to Elements for a $40 for a month long membership. And Elements is going to give that 40 bucks to the team. So it's, this is going to be like a fundraiser show, but you also get to see the gym. We got a new room that we're working on and a swimming pool people will be in and all that kind of stuff. So it's a great opportunity to kind of check out the gym and, um, and I work for them and I go there. So we're trying to get more people comfortable coming in and, and doing their thing. So I see all the other comments on here. Um, and thank you too. Yeah. So you guys let us, we'll let you know when Alan and I come up with a time that he can go through that um, with you and really get you educated. Now, here's what you can do for me. Facebook's being real screwy right now and they don't watch the videos, so it doesn't matter. Do you know that it's only what you say in the beginning and afterwards in copy that the little computer can read? So, but they are, they want me to pay more to boost my shows. So if you guys do it for me, then I can continue to do what I do the way I do it. So if you would share this on your page, you never know when somebody out there is needs to be educated, needs to understand these things. And it really helps us if we just have share, share, share. So you just hit share, put it on your page, and that helps me and my client and it continues to have this kind of information because if you guys don't support my clients uh they can't support me that's a guilt trip that's like my mom used to do but that is a guilt trip but it's true and so you guys know that um but i need you to do that too plus i only represent good people so if you like good people um hang out with me <laughs> sometimes i'm a real ass but other times i can be really nice <laughs> all right i will see you at five again thank you alan and uh, you guys keep going what you're doing. It's working. They're having to listen to you. We have a voice and it matters. And it doesn't matter if you're a non-affiliated voter, an independent, a family party, a green party, a Democrat or a Republican. We all have a voice. And what we need is equal access. And that's only going to happen if you open your big damn mouth. See you later.